Good morning. It's overcast. It's a cloudy day in Athens, Georgia. Mas é um prazer estar com você do Brasil, da China, do Japão, da Coreia. Vocês que estão ah, ah, em Grã-Bretanha e, e também na Ásia. Nós queremos falar, I want to talk today about uh, Ephesians 6. It's an interesting scripture because it talks about children. It talks about how to relate to children, how to minister to children, how to respond to children. And so the scripture reads this way. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with, with thee, and thou mayest live long on earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up into the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is Paul speaking to us this morning from long ago. You're talking about uh, Paul in, uh, in, in Rome writing to the Ephesian church. And Ephesus is... Uh, Uh, if you go to Istanbul and you go south about an hour or an hour and a half in, on, on a plane, you come to Ephesus. It's on the other side of the Asian Sea. The Asian Sea makes a V. Over here is 1 Corinthians or the Corinth. And over the other side is Ephesus. And the Asian Sea is all around it. And so Ephesus is a It was a large metropolis with 250,000 people. It was a, 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 a city that uh, was well known for its artistic value. Uh, a large stadium, 20,000, 25,000-seat stadium. We, we walked all the way up there, and we took pictures of that stadium. And, uh, and of course, there's a, a large uh, road that took out of the stadium all the way to the shore. And that's the way you came into Ephesus. And I'll never forget, it was one of the most memorable trips of my lifetime, Ephesus. So Paul, in Rome, in prison, writes to the Ephesian church, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, and then he quotes the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and mother, that it may be well with you and may it live long on earth, which is a promise. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up into the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Amen? Now, let's see if I can move this uh, a little bit. Amen? Okay. Now, Paul places here in this scripture instructions. Children to obey those whom God has placed in authority over them. Because, you see, it's not a question of... Uh, of authority to subdue. But it's authority to respond. There's two types of authority. A soldier has authority to subdue. Amen? And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, it's a little different. It's a little different when it comes to authority that comes from God. Because it does not subdue. It's encouraging. It's supporting. 
you know, for the soldiers say, you do this or else. Well, God says, I, I'd like for you to do this for me if you could, and if you can't, I'd be glad to help you. <laughs> you understand the difference? Okay. In the first century, Jew, the Jewish world, a boy was considered a man at the age of 13. And, of course, you're familiar with the word uh, bar mitzvah, which translated means the son of the commandment. It's a term applied only since the Middle Ages to the initiation ceremony uh, by the same name of young man that uh, comes into, uh, into, into life and are celebrated. So wives were to offer their husbands voluntary submission. Now, what do you mean by that? Voluntary means I desire to do this and I wish that you could respond to me to help me to get along to do something like this together. But in terms of children, Paul gives a stronger admonition holding them to the standard of unwavering obedience. The Old Testament warned against rebellious, rebellious children. So the, the command here uh, is biblically very strong. Wives are a different thing. Husbands are a different thing. But when it comes to children, it, it, it's no, no, no game. Look at Deuteronomy 21.18. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of the parents... And there's, there's consequences uh, of his father or the voice of his mother that when they have chastened, chastened him, will not listen to them. Then there are consequences. Look at Proverbs 1.8. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto your head. In chains about your neck. That's Proverbs 1.8. So what does this mean? For they shall be an ornament of grace upon your head. What does it mean? Obedience to parents forms a foundation of relationship with God and men. Meaning that when you are a young man, a young lady, and you have this idea of submitting to the instructions of your father and your mother, Chains of gold around your neck indicates political dignity. Indicates you are going to be in ruler, a ruler. Rulership of men is preceded by the fidelity to God. Am I, am I clear on that? Amen? Let me see if I can. Uh, so, rulership of men. In other words, when, when, uh, when you respond to husband to your father and to your mother, the next thing that happens is that God will establish you in community and, and cause you to be successful. In other words, rulership of men is preceded by fidelity to God's commandments and submission by children to godly parents. I couldn't understand that. And of course, I'm thinking about my personal life. You know, I, I, uh, I, I had a mother... And a father, they were precious to me. 
Uh, I, I, I can't stop te- telling you about my mother and about my father. Uh, I remember that uh, I took my cleats and my, my soccer outfit into a bag early morning with next door to the church, a parsonage, and I put in the back pew on the corner. And I went up front to do the singing and to do this and that, you know, like I usually did as a boy. I just take the offering, you know. I just hold the plate and says, everybody come now. If you don't come, I'm going to tell how much you gave, you know. And people get scared because they bring little money, you know. And I'll say, oh, God needs more than a dollar, more than a real. And they were scared of me telling them how much money they gave in the offering. And so I was just a little odd, little ball kid. And so I sat on the first pew, and the next thing I was, I was sitting on the floor. Before too long, I'm under the pew. Before too long, like a little snake, I'm backing up all the way to the back back seat close to the door. And then like a little snake, got my cleats and my clothes and just slided down the floor to the steps. And little, little like a little snake, all the way there, dressed up in the bathroom of the church and head on to the soccer field. I'll never forget that. When I got there, after being with the coach in the in the in the vestuario they call it's a place where the team gets together and they change clothes and all of that. Uh, I'm just excited to play my left winger. I just want to do it, and so I just got ready to that and I got myself ready to play. When I got to the field and I run on the left wing all the way down, I look to the stand and there's my dad. He had a critical color. Where to go, son? Go ahead, go play the football. Come on, come on. And I'm saying, oh my goodness gracious, I'm going to get it. So I finished the game, went home, we had supper, lunch, and of course that night I went to bed with a little pillow under my, my underwear. I put the pillow inside of the underwear and went to sleep. Because I knew any protective coverage would bless me and so I've got this pillow under my underwear and I'm going to sleep in the morning when I got up dad is sitting on the chair sitting on, in bed and, and, and telling them you got to tell me when there's another game because I want to go and I'm saying oh, huh? huh you're not going to in my head you're not going to in other words I made friends with him and he began to love me and he left the church that morning to see me play soccer and got somebody to preach because he wanted to be with me. You see, it's easy to submit to a father like that. But if he had spanked me that day, I probably would never forget. And so there's another passage, in a sister passage, I call it, in Colossians 3.20. And he commands minor sons and daughters to obey in everything that is implicit here. Everything. Disobedience to parents was done in everything. Everything the Father says, I'll do it. And I remember, I did everything. I did it. I did it. In other words, I, I seemed to like to obey my Father. I felt proud that every time He said something, I'm running to get it done. So the disobedience to parents <coughs> was done in the Lord. Meaning there was a part of a young person's walk with God. 
just with the submission of wives, Ephesians 5.22, children's refusal to heed parental rules and boundaries still today constitutes rebellion against God. In other words, in other words, not just against parents, but against God. So I want you to know that if you are somebody young, 10, 15, 8, 9, 10, 12, 15, that if you don't know how to obey your parents, it constitutes to God rebellion against God, not to the parents. It's a serious thing. God warns this repeatedly that such disregard for parental authority will bring down divine wrath upon the perpetrators. So a child's disobedience is important not only because it is a critical aspect of their relationship with God, but it's right, it's fitting and proper if you're going to follow Jesus Christ. And I know that you probably are listening to me today and you have a father and a mother and you're in trouble all the time. You just, all the time you have disregard for your mother and your father. You don't pay attention to them. And I want you to know that that's going to be something that will follow you all the days of your life. One of the problems uh, with children is that at times they become so disruptive and so aggravated with nothing that the parents have to stop everything and Give attention to the child and spend time with the child and change the way you approach that child because you have a problem. So, it's, it, it is, a, it is a, a, a problem. So, let's take a look at this and I'll, I'll explain to you what else I have to say. Children obeying parents is right because it's commended by God Himself in the law. In the Ten Commandments, God commends that children respect their parents. Of course, I had no problem with, uh, with my father or my mother. You know, I, I, I did everything they had me to do. Uh, I, I don't remember being spanked that many times. I don't remember... Uh, I, I remember beautiful experiences with my father in all kinds of ways. And he spent a lot of time with me. I have stories upon stories on how much... I mean, I used to be inside of the sidecar of this Harley-Davidson. And I had a little dog. And the dog turned the can of oil inside of the sidecar. And the dog got on my lap. Before I took no, I was covered by oil from top to bottom. And I remember my father on a gas station cleaning the sidecar, cleaning me first, okay, uh, washing the clothing, and, uh, and uh, 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 washing my hair. Do you know what it takes to take oil out of your hair. I'm talking about oil from the, from the engine of a motorcycle. <laughs> it's a deal. And he did it so kindly, you know, so kindly. Soap and water and bath. And I sat there with my underwear just freezing right there. And he's squirting water right in the middle of the street of this gas station. And everybody's coming, Oh, son, you look good. Take a towel. Took a, clean it up a little bit. And I began to use... Oh, it was a sight to behold. And he was just amazingly gifted to me. And then after we were over, somebody brought a shirt. And I took my underwear, put the shirt on top so I wouldn't freeze to death. He cleaned the sidecar completely. 
And I'm sitting there with a... Then I had to clean the dog. I never forget the little black dog just full of oil. But it, it, it wasn't something that, that caused the commotion, the yelling and screaming at me. Oh, you kid, you did that! Oh, you son of a girl! Nothing of a sort. He was so tender, so kind to me. Now, Paul uses the fifth commandment from Exodus 20, verse 12, which says, Honor your father and mother. Deuteronomy 5.16 says the same thing. Honor your father and your mother. As the Lord your God commanded you. That your days may be prolonged. That it may go well with you in the land which the Lord God gives you. The fact on this really got to me. Because uh, the first commandment shows importance of the family, obedience to the children in the Jewish world. In fact, disrespect and disobedience could be considered capital crimes that will lead to a children's death in Leviticus 20 verse 9. But as you begin to understand the heart of God, the command to honor parents as we see covers adult children as well young children. Younger children were to obey. Older children were to respect and care for the aging parents. A great deal has been said about this in, in Jewish writings. If you study Jewish, Jewish literature, Paul himself states in 1 Timothy 5.8 that those adult children who have failed to provide for their parents uh, are, are, are dishonored. Look at this. In, in 1 Timothy 5.8, it says, But if any provide not for his own. You know, it's a reverse. Today, the children, they want what you have. In other words, if you don't have any money to give to your children, you're not honorable. Well, the Bible speaks completely the other way. It says, but if any <clears throat> provide not for his own. I'm talking about adult children. And especially for those of his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. You know, I never understood this scripture in this sense, but that's what it says. Meaning, if you are an adult children and have failed to provide for your parents, you're worse than an infidel. Do you understand today, if you are a grandfather, uh, you are supposed to give money to your children because that's the way it is. You can't deny your children. Well, the Bible talks about the other way around. So the requirement to honor parents here is lifelong. But it might be expressed differently at different stages of life. In fact, there is a reversal. Parents care for the children when, when she is young and the child for the parents when they're old. This commandment is often ignored by every single family. If you are a grandparent, the question is how much money you're going to give me. Paul adds this to the first commandment that ends with a promise. And what I found out, it does not, the promise is not repeated in none of the commandments. Not in the first, not the second, the third, the fourth. 
You shall not have no other gods. No promise. Take the Lord in vain. No promise. Remember the Sabbath. No promise. I think I'm missing one down there. But the fifth says, ends with a promise. Honor your father and mother. What is the promise? That your days be long upon the earth. The, com- the only commandment that ends with a promise is the fifth commandment. What do you mean by that? That there's a relationship between children and their parents that is just completely ignored and set aside and misunderstood by the church. You know, the idea that the money the grandfather have has to go to the children is all they want. But doesn't talk about honoring the grandparents. It doesn't talk about what to do for them. Because what the Bible says is that if you are an adult child, you're supposed to take care of your parents. The only commandment that ends with a promise is the fifth commandment. Did I get that? Y'all got that? The only. So Paul's purpose was to demonstrate the overriding importance of children obeying their parents. He viewed this, in fact, as the single most critical aspect of human relationships and the one that provides the basis of all for all the others. I love to see a daughter who takes care of her mother. I love to see a daughter that nurtures her mother. You know, I have a daughter, Sandy Bonfim. She nurtured her mother. In the 20 years of Mary Lucy's illness, uh, Sandy took care of her mother. She loved her mother. She understood her mother. And I tell you, that's a wonderful and beautiful thing to see. Now, this blessing that I'm talking about here uh, has two sides in Ephesians 6, 3. Divine blessing in long life. Let's take a look. Let me go back to the blessing again that comes in the fifth commandment. And I'd like for you to look at it. That your days may be long upon the earth. Okay? It says, Honor your father and mother, that your days be long upon the earth. And so let's take a look at this divine blessing in long life. This is not primarily a promise of material, material prosperity. It is included. The promise deals only with the material benefits but with every other area of life, the physical, the social, the religious side. The blessing of a long life has sometimes been understood as eternal life. But both in Exodus here, in the context, favor a lengthy earthly existence. After all, these are the children of earthly parents, and their obedience will most naturally result in long life on earth. By listening to their parents, and thereby learning mistakes to avoid, they have a much better chance in terms of natural consequences to enjoy both an improved and long life. Moreover, God will honor their respect and obedience to their parents. Now, what do you mean by that? When God honors you for doing that, It's a spiritual blessing. 
You get long life. But if you honor your parents, you begin to be successful. I have so many stories of young men who did honor their parents and saw how successful they are. I believe that I am an evangelist. I wouldn't say successful in terms of the world. It's a small ministry. But a ministry that pays its budget every Friday, it's a successful ministry. A ministry that serves others and give 80% of what we have to others, it's a successful ministry. And why did I learn that? I learned that from my father. You see, my father was a pastor of a large church in Brazil. Thousands of people. And as a pastor there, or assistant pastor, he was given an apartment at Copacabana. Apartment to live in, in a beautiful place. But he chose to leave downtown Rio and take 40 miles, 40 kilometers north, cross the bridge of Niteroi Bridge in Guanabara Bay, and found a lot in the midst of the poor. Today there's a building there that he builded, where it's called Daniel Bonfin Mission. For 50 years, Daniel Bonfin Mission has provided food for the needy. 3,000 meals a month are given for those that are hungry, the children in the streets, the homeless. It's a place that is well known throughout that area as an oasis for the blessing of God. Now, what do you mean by that? I learned from my father. I saw what he did. What he did was, he took care of the needy. And because he took care of the needy, I had to do the same. He didn't tell me to take care of the needy. He just did it. And because my father did it, I continued to do it. And I'll be here another 20 years doing it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to be doing it. As long as God gives me strength, I will feed the poor. Oh, Rick, uh, you're not that good. Oh, I know I'm not that good, but God forgive my sins and help me to get through and move on next. So, uh, tomorrow I want to talk to you about uh, the instruction to the parents. Don't provoke, but build up your children. And I have a bunch of stories tomorrow to share with you on, on how to do that. It's uh, Ephesians 6, 4. Well, do you have a rebellious child? Do you have a child that uh, it's very ugly to you? Doesn't respond to you? Is bitter? Comes home late? Smelling alcohol? Sleeps late and flunks school? You have a rebellious child. Tomorrow, I want to share with you on how to change that. How can you change that? How can you begin to move toward your children and bring glory and blessings upon them. You can do that. God can change your children. And so this is Rick Bonfim. Our, our address is RBM, Rick Bonfim Ministries, 1711 Mary, M-A-R-Y-I-M-A-R-I, Weather Drive, Suite 104, Watkinsville, Georgia, 30622. I'm sorry, 30677. 
The Lord bless you. Real good. Amen. Quero ser um testemunho, remove o erro.